This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Brotherhood of the Wolf. The year is 1766. The hunt for a killer has begun. Je m'appelle Brett. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm actually Troy. Yes. <laughs> His appeal is not Brett. No, I am not a, 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 I have not been appealed to the proper courts. I, I don't know how Brett works. Nobody does. Does he work? Well, apparently he works because he's never here anymore. <laughs> yeah, he works all the time. That or Chris has murdered him and dumped him in a hole somewhere. Or perhaps just fed him some prison food and caused him to appear dead for a while before digging him up later. Mm, it's the digging up later part that I skipped. Oh, yeah. Uh, it probably should have happened a couple weeks ago, Chris. Yeah. Well, that explains you get busy. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I just forgot to put it on my calendar. I'm such a busy guy. What with all the yeah, podcast yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure he's fine. So Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yes. Starts out with a beautiful, uh, what, helicopter shot of a lady running across some green area. And then she is looking around in fear, almost falls over a cliff, decides to try to climb up another cliff, and then gets, like, jawsed. Where, like, she uh, gets whipped all around in the air and slammed around and apparently has her back broken. And then we cut to an old man. Mm-hmm. And a old man and his uh, daughter, they're not, they're not faring well. They're getting roughed up by some of the locals. Because of reasons... Well, we don't really know except for that the they're kind of dressed like like Roma, you know, gypsy. Well, we would well people in a less sensitive time would call gypsies. Uh, and then the, these dudes just dressed like French peasants. And the fresh French peasants are like beating them with sticks, long sticks, like staff sticks. Yeah. And there's a uh, two fellas on horseback who are uh our protagonists. Yeah, and they're wearing like those like leather or the oiled cotton or oiled leather jackets, like where the collar comes up to your eyes. Yeah. Which you only see like in anime or manga, really. That's true. And they uh they put a stop to all this, you know, beating up old people in the middle of fields or whatever. And how do they put a stop to it, Chris? Why, with using the traditional uh, Iroquois art of Kung Fu, I'll have you know. <laughs> yes, although it's not revealed that the dude is a OG Canadian yet. But, no. uh, yeah, because he looks vaguely vaguely Asian, probably because the actor is actually from Hawaii. Uh, you, you may recognize him from the show uh, Iron Chef. Uh, he likes to shout things in French, like, Ale Cuisine. Who doesn't? I uh, yeah. He doesn't say it at all in the movie, though, which is kind of sad. 
Yeah, it seemed real fitting for his character to have said that at some point. <laughs> yeah. But the old guy explains that are they call the old the, the Frenchman called the old guy a thief because apparently uh, the racism against Roma is still strong in the 1760s in France. <laughs> and uh, the old guy's like, no, nah, I healed their horses. They didn't pay me. And they're like, well, what about the woman? Like, oh, well, she's a witch. Oh, well, because <laughs> what else would she be, right? Yeah, obviously. I mean, duh. I don't, I don't, I don't know why she just didn't stroke through cheeks and say thinner and be done with it. But uh, instead, um, the dude who is not Canadian uh, and is not Christopher Lambert uh, give takes a pouch of money off of one of the French guys and tosses it to the old man and tells him to go on his way. And then they uh, they meet up with some guy, some French title holder of some sort. The, Mar- the Marquis de Lafayette. And he uh, he brings them to the estate, and they're there to hunt the beast that has been terrorizing the countryside. Yes, it's a land shark, as we as we can obviously tell from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the candy grams and all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And uh, not Christopher Lambert's like, I don't know. I don't know about all this. I'm not buying what you're selling. I'm a rational man. And uh, such things as uh, giant beasts roaming the French countryside that no one has seen doesn't make any sense. And they uh, they have a little get-together with all the uh, higher-ups in the area. They're having a little dinner. We get to meet a bunch of yeah, people. Yeah, we're in. Yeah, there's like the priest dude. There's uh, the count. I think is who's in charge. Uh, he's got a daughter who is kind of really hot. Uh, and of course, not Chris Lambert. It's like you. You are the woman that I will attempt to get into bed. And mm-hmm. then she has a brother with one arm. Uh, we'll call him. I don't know. Like. Tommy Lee Jones. Def Leppard. And we'll call him Def Leppard, <laughs> yes. I hope he didn't have any tattoos on his other arm. And uh, there was a uh, and some other random people, uh, but those are the kind of the ones that are the most important. And Knockers Lambert brings out a furry fish. Yeah, to prove that you can make furry fish? Well, basically, to like, because there, that people can be fooled by science and it, and think that it's actually they can be fooled by man into thinking that something is natural when it's not and is not actually real. Yeah, like I don't know, a beast wandering the hillside, the countryside of France. And Def Leppard is not pleased with his uh, chicanery. Nope, he calls him on it like practically instantly. Yeah. Calls him a comedian, which I guess is some hardcore sick burns back in old France times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe that's like it really that translated to mime, and that would actually be a sick burn. <laughs> that's true. Nobody likes a mime. Nope. So they um, they organize the biggest hunt that's ever been organized in the area to try to like a great hunt. Yeah, like that. Or the big hunt, a yeah, big hunt, a big hunt. There, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
if you say big hunt fast enough, it sounds weird. Hmm. It does. Yep. Everybody try that. Because <laughs> you yep. probably already are just because you heard us say that. Two times. Three times fast. Say big hunt. And they, uh, and they will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> no. They have a little scrap beforehand so we can show off some more of those sick Iroquois martial arts skills. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we find out that he actually is OG Canadian and uh, the uh, not Chris Lambert met him in, in Canada when they were murdering off his entire village because that's what you do yeah. when you're French in Canada. And they did it by giving... They, they like to soften them up ahead of time by trading them, you know, smallpox laced blankets and such, and then just mopping up afterwards. And so they, uh, they all head out, and they kill a million wolves. Yep, they have, like... And it's, like, just this giant firing line of dudes with muskets just, like, firing on these wolves, like it's some kind of, like, firing squad at an execution. <laughs> Yeah, and... And they still miss most of the time. But when they hit, man, I don't know what those muskets have in them, but those wolves go flying. It's borderline <laughs> hilarious. It is. Brett would have hated it, though, because he does not like violence against animals in movies. And uh, there, it was, like, great... I mean, well, not great, but very uh, realistic, like, pain sounds from a canine-type animal. And, like, yeah, like, the these fur-covered wolf-shaped bodies flying through the air. It can be a little disconcerting, I guess. And afterwards, they uh, they have another little get-together where everybody's like, man, we killed a lot of wolves, but they were all just normal wolves. They're not the kind of wolves that murder everybody. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, and Dr. Lambert's like, well, you know, wolves don't make these kinds of bites and things like that. So, cause he, he is a real scientist. And so like when they found like a, a victim of the beast, he measured like the, the jaw size of the bite and how much pressure it could have exerted and all those fun things. So he's, he's not real convinced that a wolf is the problem. And it's kind of heavily implied that, uh, iron chef's totem is a wolf. Mm hmm. And they have a nice uh, little bit where you find out that he's actually like a medicine man for his tribe or was a medicine man for his tribe. And uh, he goes and he uh, tells people their totems as kind of like a party trick. Yeah. And and that's really the only thing, real point of that is to making a joke about a dude by saying his totem's a pig as he's like shoving food in his mouth. Oh, that classic bit. Yep. And for the night, they uh they head to the brothel, so they can you know nail prostitutes. They can they can pass the brothelizer test. Mmm, mmm, mmm. <laughs> That's not your best work. It's, it's not. I'm warming up still. <laughs> and there we meet up with uh the important prostitute. Monica Bellucci, because she's Monica Bellucci and, should, and will be dressed as such. Mm-hmm. And, or undressed uh, as such in this case. And old, uh, not Christopher Lambert, draws her like one of his French girls. Mm-hmm. 
for even though I'm pretty sure she's Italian. Yeah, well, that doesn't work with the joke, Troy. <laughs> uh, but then we hear a scream and find out that apparently prostitutes won't have sex with men with tattoos because they're all freaked out by Iron Chef's tattoos. Yep. And it's implied that he's well endowed. Yes. Yeah, one of the prostitutes, he uncovers his crotch and one of the prostitutes is like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so good for him, I guess? Uh, yeah. Gives her the tomahawk chop afterwards. Mm. Mm. Also not great. Mm. Nah. No, I know. Uh, it's... Oh, sorry. I'm off my game today. And after all the brothelizing and uh, exposing of large genitalia, they find another victim. A boy. Even though it was supposed to be this man's children who were attacked, all they see is the boy and not Christopher Lambert finds a chunk of metal in one of the wounds. And then Iron Chef wanders off and you see and he sees a wolf standing over a hole in a wall and he climbs in there and finds the girl little uh, the girl who is not dead but like just nearly frozen to death i think is what the implication is yeah yeah and and kind of this whole movie there's been this whole tension as to how uh, whether or not like mysticism is real because like you know they they take uh they take not Christopher Lambert and Iron Chef to like these ruins, and Iron Chef is like, many people, many men died here, and the and the and the girl asks, well, how do you know? He's like, I can hear their I can hear their souls crying, and then not Christopher Lambert is like, or he could have just noticed all this battle damage here, and so they kind of keep with that with this, where like, well, did the wolf lead him to it, or is he just observant and noticed a hole in a wall and decided to check it out? Yeah. But, it's definitely implied that uh, our OG Canadian friend is uh, much more in touch with the spiritual things of the world, if that's even a thing. Yeah, well, he's a medicine. He was a medicine man for his tribe, so that makes sense. He's very spiritual, and then at that, so they they take the little girl to like a, a hospital for the victims of the beast that that the count has set up. And they leave her there, and then the, the priest, uh, priest Sardine, uh, sees someone breaking into the into the hospital. So he follows and sees uh, sees uh, Iron Chef like waving his hands over the girl, and apparently has him detained. But it turns out that he is his ancient cure, which apparently comes out of his bracelet. As mm-hmm. some kind of like powder or smoke, uh, brought the girl back, and she, they do a really cool scene where like it looks, it's a it's it's a uh, flashback for what the girl saw, but everything's done like I don't know if it's rotoscoped a little bit or what, but it's treated in a way that makes it look really almost dreamlike. And uh, you see the beast attacking her brother, but there's a dude in a mask, like a wolf mask or something, behind it. And she runs, and then you know it shows her running off and hiding, and him telling the beast to follow her. And mm-hmm. and so 
that's how you find out that there's a person involved in all of this as well. Would you call him the Beast Master? Mmm. There we are. See, Chris is Chris is up on his puns today. It's not really a pun, but I don't know. Well, his jokes. So, uh, basically, they decide we're we're at best ineffectual at catching the actual beast. So, what we should probably do is construct a fake beast and send it back to Paris. So that way, you know, they don't think we're a bunch of fraud hack losers who can't kill a thing. Yep. (laughs) And so they do. And the uh, Parisian aristocrats rejoice and say, All right, you did it. Come on back, not Christopher Lambert and Iron Chef. Your services are no longer required. And so they do. And and then uh, but oh, but then they try to get them to go on one last hunt. Yeah, one more, one more hunt. Oh, and uh, the the noble girl that uh, not Chris Lambert was trying to bone uh, was given the the drawing he did of Monica Bellucci, and she you know was like, oh well, we I know see what kind of man you are now, and it's uh. It's heavily implied that a dude in a scary mask took it, and then it's heavily implied that her brother gave it to her. So, you know, there's... But we also see a clip of the the Beastmaster using both arms, and uh, brother doesn't have... Death Leopard obviously only has one arm. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. So he, you know, can't possibly be the bad guy. Yeah. And the uh, the old Marquis shows up and he's like, hey guys, don't go. One more hunt. You know, for, for old time's sake. And they're like, yeah, I, but we can't. And he's like, I got this letter from that chick you want a bone. So he's like, well, in that case, we'll, we'll stick around and go on this hunt thing you're talking about. Yeah, because of Monica Bellucci... Talk to her in church and like, you know, he only loves one woman and, and he calls out your name in bed and, or in his sleep and yada, yada, yada. So noble chick is like, oh, well, maybe he actually does like me and doesn't love the prostitute more. And yeah. Yeah. For the record, having a prostitute tell the person that you want to be with that after you're done fucking a prostitute, you say their name. Not a real solid argument, at least by today's no. standards. But I guess uh, in the 1700s, it, it does what it needs to. Well, I mean, she's obviously a prostitute with a heart of gold. Clearly. So, you know, you should take her word at face value. Yeah, it's a real pretty woman situation we got going here. Yep. Richard Gere's there and something about gerbils and... <laughs> Um, yeah so they go on a hunt and they decide to up their weaponry so not Chris Lambert decides to get a bunch of different kind of black powder rifles and blunder buses and such things I think he raided Chris's uh, period money defense stash Mm -hmm. I do have (laughs) blunder bus surplus 
<laughs> and he likes to defend his period money with his period weapons. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, the Marquis de Lafayette busts out his heavy armor, like pumpkin penetrating crossbow that shoots through a pumpkin and through like a ceramic pot and whatever. Like I think it just keeps going. Yeah, it's like a rail gun. <laughs> yeah, it just goes forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then to top them all, Iron Chef throws a tomahawk. Yeah, he's like, yeah, those are loud and smell bad. Also, why were those pumpkins full of whatever they were full of? That's that's nope. not how pumpkins work. <laughs> they were like, they were the pumpkins descended from blood oranges. <laughs> so. I guess so. They were definitely full of some sort of goop. Yeah. Uh, just think of all those nice pumpkin seeds they were wasting and couldn't roast. Sad. Yeah. So now that we're done with the uh, pumpkin explosion montage. <laughs> they decide to hunt the beast. Yeah. And there is just a random interlude with a chick and a goat. Well, okay, to make that sound less weird, yeah. there is a, a goat trapped in the, like at the bottom of a hole, and the chick climbs down there to save it, and then the beast shows up and kills her. Yeah, and this is the first time you really get like a, a decent shot of the beast in all of its uh, 2002 glory? CGI glory. Yeah, the CGI doesn't hold up real, real well in this movie. It's not I terrible, will, I, but yeah, it's not terrible, but it definitely as uh, as CGI has progressed a lot in the last 16 years. Yeah, so they uh. They head off to the woods to hunt down the beast, and like anybody does before hunting a thing that's killed 100,000 people, you eat a bunch of mushrooms and trip out. Yep, and while one and while the Marquis de Lafayette is, you know, uh, all hopped up on the peyote mushrooms, they, uh, they apparently the other guys go and build a bunch of booby traps? Yep. Because reasons? Yeah, well, I mean... That's what you do when you want to take down something bigger than you is you build booby traps. I avoid it. That's how I handle it. Uh, uh, I, I actually took out a bully once with a booby trap. <laughs> nice. Yeah, knocked a square on his ass. It was great. <laughs> I'll tell that story some other time, though. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they find the beast, or the beast finds them, and through a bunch of uh fast motion slow motion uh hijinks like i think Zack snyder must have seen this movie before making 300 <laughs> um or the watchman and uh they catch the beast in a trap or a cage and it promptly tears its way out of uh they hit it with a giant swinging log and some other things but it gets away Yep, and it manages to tear up the Mr. Marquis's arm in the process. Yep. And our uh, our OG Canadian friend, Mr. Iron Chef, chases after it and follows it back to its lair, which turns out is full of the uh, the gypsies. Roma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have themselves a good old-fashioned kung fu fight. Yep. Uh, but he eventually gets downed when someone shoots him in the back. Mm-hmm. 
And then they throw his corpse down a hill. Yep. A very leaf-covered hill. Yes, exceptionally. <laughs> and then they find his body, and not Chris Lambert is sad. Yep. And he, uh, he decides to get his vengeance after sending him to Valhalla or whatever on a pyre. Yep. <laughs> well, that's where all the that's where all the OG Canadians go is Valhalla. Yeah, that's Canadian stuff. Everybody knows that. <laughs> and so he tracks them to some hunting grounds that are kind of in the center of all the beast attacks. And only it really just looks more like a chateau. Yeah. <laughs> and he peeks in the window and there's uh, the crazy chick from the, the the from the beginning dancing, and apparently the in Roma culture, the way you compliment someone's dancing is you throw a knife at them. Yeah, that doesn't work at strip clubs, for the record. <laughs> Chris knows from experience. Yeah, I mean, you can and do from it, restraining orders. That's just make sure you don't ever want to go back to that strip club. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> There's no knife throwing in the champagne room. Chris. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, look, my dick's in my pants. I don't see what the problem is here. <laughs> I didn't touch anybody. Yeah. Oh. I had to lay a finger on her. Yeah, can't touch the strippers. Can't throw knives at them. Got to keep my <laughs> what? dick in my pants. Why do I even leave the house? <laughs> so he uh, proceeds to fucking solid snake all these motherfuckers and slinks yep. around murdering everybody. Oh. Yeah, and he shoots a, a flaming arrow, a couple flaming arrows into the stable, and the uh, the Roma grab their torches and run into the uh, flaming stable because apparently that helps. Yeah, <laughs> I'm we like, gotta fight fire with fire. Torches? You you get fight fire with fire. There's plenty of light because the barn is on <laughs> fire. Like, why do they have those torches? I don't know why that struck me so hard, but I was like. What are they doing? And like, and they're calling for torches, even because <laughs> apparently the French word for torches is torches. <laughs> hmm. You learn something new. Yeah. I know, day. right? <laughs> and um, I don't actually remember what happened next. Uh, he breaks into a. Oh, he finds a using the the flickering of his torch. He finds like a secret door. And goes into a room that looks like it's full of, like, satanic uh, imagery. There's, like, a hand of glory in there, I saw. Only instead of lighting the fingers on fire, they just had a candle in its palm. Which is probably why no one in the house was asleep. And then uh, there was, like, a uh, African totem pole there. And then he finds another secret door behind the secret door. Like, this is some real Gygaxian stuff going on here. And uh, he heads down some, like, rough-hewn stairs on the stone and finds the beast in a chamber below and then how would they they knock him out yeah he he gets overcome somehow or another and is taken prisoner yeah and they're gonna hang him or something well they uh well he is he he I think they leave him somewhere. He comes to, uh, and then the sheriff's men, the sheriff of Nottingham's men, pick him up and throw him in jail. And uh, and 
Oh, Monica Bellucci shows up and says, yeah, you know, you can write the king all you want, but they're going to have you hung before uh, any of this, you know, before anything can happen. And, uh, and he's like, what do you mean? And then she tells him that her, that her employment affords her the, uh, the privilege of not being employed. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the, which is whatever the fuck that means. My job means I, I don't have a job. Yeah. I guess that's like, uh, I can't tell you who I work for or what I do. It's classified. I think that's basically the, the very long form version of it's classified. <laughs> yeah. But she did say that she works for the Vatican and that the priest guy is somehow involved and the beast is working for them and they have some kind of plan and here, eat some food. Oh, look, you're dying from poison. And then she walks off. Yeah. And he dies from poison. But then, uh, then, uh, well, perspective, uh, bone holder, uh, come it tries to get tries to talk to him and uh she gets told that oh no he's already dead here see here's his body he's dead and so she is all sad and goes back to her place and sleeps and her brother tells the priest about how he really wants to bone his sister and the priest is like well there's only one thing we can do and his mom gives him the oh the she doesn't just give him like the high sign or like a like a subtle nod, like she gives him like bobblehead nod, like just nod up and down and up. Like oh yeah, yeah. And so the priest brings her an apple and some milk. Yeah, your classic apple milk gambit. Yep. And then her brother comes out of the closet. <laughs> yeah. And he's and like, says, don't, "Don't do don't that. Don't drink that." Yeah, they're going to kill you. So what we should probably do is have an incestual relationship. Yep. And she's like, no, I could never have sex with you. And he's like, why? Because I only have one arm? Yeah. Well, check this hot shit out, sister. It turns out I have a weird gip monster arm that's been strapped to my side this entire time. For reasons. Underneath this man corset I'm wearing. (laughs) And she's like, oh, you have two arms. Yes, still not going to bone you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, two-armed, still not going to fuck my brother, but that's cool, I guess. (laughs) And he he doesn't take it too well, and uh, it's implied that he rapes and or kills her? Yeah, kind of like rapes her to death is kind of what is implied there. Thankfully, they kind of get away from that scene before it gets too squickifying. Yeah, it was already pretty uh, squicky, as the kids say. Yeah. I assume and, that's uh, what they say. Yeah, and so then they show uh, the the Brotherhood of the Wolf in their red cloaks and wolf masks uh, having some kind of ritual where a priest, probably Priest Sardine, uh, is leading things. And... Uh, then Nakush Lambert shows up in the window and calls them all out by name, and then the sheriff of Nottingham's men start shooting all of them. Yep, and that uh that thins their ranks. And then he jumps down and starts like OG Canadian 
kung fu ass whooping them. The rest of them. And then it's time for the confrontation with old Def Leppard. Where he yeah. reveals he actually does have two arms. Yep, and then he pulls a reverse Wonder Woman and uh, pull and has a sword strapped to his chest. <laughs> and uh, pulls that out, and it's like this bone sword that uh, he is fighting with uh, against not Crystal Lambert, who's using two, like, short swords, I guess. But then the bone sword, like, he shakes it, and all of a sudden there's, like, links of chain between the parts of the blade, and now it's like a bone sword whip chain thing. Yeah. And they have themselves a uh, a classic uh, 1700s French kung fu fight. Yep. <laughs> but eventually, uh, uh, Doc Chris Lambert gets the upper hand, and uh, Def Leppard's like, oh, I'll be with my sister soon. And, like, and he's like, oh, no, you're not going to live that long. He's like, no, I'm gonna, you're sending me to her for the rest of eternity, you know, implying that she is dead. Yeah. And, but, and that so, heaven rewards incest. Yeah, apparently. Well, I mean, I guess maybe she's going to hell because she had sex out of wedlock and he's planning on going there, too. Uh, I don't know why you, I don't know why you'd get to be with someone you want to be with in hell, but you know because that doesn't sound like that hellish to me. But anyway, uh, so Dr. Chris Lambert goes running back to the hospital, and there she is, like in a coma, and he uses uh, Iron Chef's snake bracelet to heal her, and they sail off into the sunset happily ever after. Yep. And then we jump smash cut to the French Revolution where the Marquis is going to be murdered. And he recounts yeah. how they uh they went to slay the uh, beast. Which turns out yeah. was an armored lion. Yeah, it's kind of sad when they put that thing down. Like You find out that apparently Def Leppard smuggled back like a pregnant lion and died giving birth to its car cubs and they killed all but the strongest cub and then trained it to murderize people. Yeah. And then the Marquis gets murdered because revolution. Yeah. Well, the whole thing has a wraparound of the, like the Marquis de Lafayette, like telling the story of the beast of wherever this place is in France. And that's uh, more or less it. Yeah. You know, Oh, and Monica Bellucci kills the, uh, the Roma witch lady with a fan with blades at the end of the edges. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, because she's a goddamn Mortal Kombat character all of a sudden. Yep. Melina? No. Which one had the fans? I think it was Melina. Was it Melina? I couldn't remember. I thought she had the sigh. No, I think that was uh, Katana. Confusingly okay. enough. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, and then... But also Monica Bellucci says, yeah, you know, you're the only person who's ever made me, like, forget my job, basically. So even though you know too much and I should kill you, you better just go run off with your girl before I change my mind. Yep. So they head to Africa, like most French people did in the 1700s. Yep. Well, you know, maybe they're going to hit the Congo or something. The and that's Democratic that. Republic of Congo. What do you think, Mr. Troy? I like this movie. It 100% has problems with it. Like, it is 
almost two and a half hours long. It has a completely bonkers ending that makes almost no sense tonally with the rest of the movie. Uh, it has weird anachronisms. But I still really love this movie. Like, it has... It's, it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot, um, for one thing. And two, like, they do a really great job of kind of making you wonder, like, is this is this a, a actual beast is it not? Is it a werewolf? Is it not? Like, what's going? Like, you don't really know what's going on, but they kind of keep you interested in the story. That that whole part of the story, and they have a nice theme of the struggle versus like rationalism versus mysticism, which kind of goes out the window towards the end when it's obvious things get mystical because uh, bone chain swords and such. And I kind of wish they had kept the more rational side feeling to things. But overall, I think this is a really solid movie. Well, okay, it's a really good movie. I won't call it a solid movie because it definitely has its problems. But I think people should watch it. If you haven't seen it, give it a watch and just, just say yes to things. Like, okay, fine. Apparently, apparently, Iroquois medicine men know kung fu. Sure, it doesn't matter. It's a good. It's still a fun story. <laughs> Monica Bellucci is a papal super spy. Sure, go with it. <laughs> it's interesting. Like it is it's like somebody like just wrote a movie based off of some weird role playing game they ran where they just refuse to say no to the players. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie still. There's huge parts of this movie I love and a few parts that kind of annoy me. But overall, I still like this movie. How about you, Chris? I have almost the opposite opinion of this movie. Where Troy would say, yes, I would say no. It's <laughs> really long... Uh, some of the stuff is just so bizarre, tonally. I just had this weird dissonance. I didn't dislike it, but I also don't know if I could wholeheartedly recommend it. It's It looks really nice. It's got some pacing issues on my side of things. And some of the stuff is just weird. It left me with way more questions than it answers... I wasn't uh, super clear on what the endgame of the Brotherhood of the Wolf was. Why, why? Why did you have a lion murder robot thing? Why did you do that? <laughs> I, d I don't know why you did that. It's, it's interesting. It does what it set out to do. It made a period piece with kung fu action scenes for some reason. Not very horror-y <laughs> at all, I'll have to say. Yeah, I mean it's more of like a gothic horror where like the the setting is the uh, where all the horror comes from because it's there you have like a lot of rampant racism in there and you know the the women often complain that they have more responsibilities than freedom as women and things like that but overall it's yeah it's not going to scare you in any way. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I mean, it just, for my taste, it could have knocked a good 40 minutes out of this thing, no problem, and made it a little more streamlined. 
I'd say as long as you know what you're getting into, you realize this thing is going to be almost two and a half hours long, and uh, there's going to be some stuff that'll come up every now and again that makes you kind of go, well, what? But why? Okay. Just, if you if you know what you're getting into, and you are you want something that's uh, a little different than your normal fare, I say give it a go, but just buyer beware on this one. It's certainly not for everybody. And I'll speak for Brett and say I'm pretty sure he'd hate this movie. I'm almost positive he would hate this movie. <laughs> it is it's, it is almost an hour too long for him. Yeah, and I'm not usually one to complain about length in a movie, but I don't know, it just didn't engage me. For there wasn't enough girth there either. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I'd say I'd say eh, you could do worse. Well, speaking of doing worse, what are we watching next week, Chris? I forget already. <laughs> I believe it's Uzumaki. Uzumaki. Which translates to spirals, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you should hopefully be able to find that if you want to watch it ahead of time. Uh, it is, of course, recommended to us by Dummy Act, who uh, likes to recommend his movies based on manga or manga, however mm-hmm. it's pronounced. Uh, if you're from the Midwest, it's manga. Manga. <laughs> yeah, Dumby Act, who is trying to take uh, Kylie's throne as person who recommends mostly Japanese stuff. Yep. Although I will say, I think Kylie still has the record for the weirdest stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, uh, so we got that. And if people want to recommend us more stuff, there's a number of ways they can do it. They could uh, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Slaughterhouse Princess, and leave us a message there, a wall post, uh, anything like that. Uh, They could email it to us at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. They could send it to our Twitter feed at slaughterprince, which is slaughterprincess with no vowels in princess. Uh, We have a subreddit at r slash podcast. Uh, we have another great way to do is to do to talk to us is the Discord server, which is discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Uh, that's also that's how Dummy Act recommended all of her stuff. Uh, if you want to send us money instead of words, you could go to Patreon, which our Patreon can be found at patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com, or I think it's patreon.com/slash/slash. Yeah, I can't say slash for some reason. Slash Slaughterhouse Princess. I think either of those two will work. And you can find our actual webpage at Slaughterhouse Princess. And you can find our episodes there or on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Mm hmm. So come back next time for Uzumaki, which is about spirals. Yep, we're going to spin things right round, right round. Like a record? Or like Flo Rida. Uh, it's okay if this guy wants to put it in my butt, but tattoos? Eh, that's weird. And we have an outro. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha